Value Town is a production of ChamMV TV. Find out all show information and details at ChamMV.tv. Value Town is directly supported by listeners like yourself via patreon.com slash valuetown. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, episode, what is this, 156 of Value Town? <laughs> I'm Chan Man V, and today we've got like a whole set of, or at least two new folks joining the show. Gara, of course, is with me. What's up, Gara? Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? What's up, what's up? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> How you been? Um, doing great. Climbing a lot. Like, the late, the closer you get to the last day of the month, the more stressful it gets. We still got a week. We just, I mean, it's already that's, getting stressful. That's a week not enough out. time. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's it's Anne's fault because it's whenever a, I see like, yeah, he started with like 250 hours left or something. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sounds like so little. And then like 200 hours left. And like, damn. It's like, yeah, he's got the countdown. I know. That's the stress <laughs> countdown right there. No, but Anne's, uh, you know, our good friend Anne's uh, back on the show. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you doing? Good. Good. But I feel like it's been. Uh, did we have you on? We had you on before Worlds, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. It's been quite a while. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. It's been only been a like good bit, a I guess. Yeah, it's always great. <laughs> have you on? We're going to be talking about Dude Paladin today, so it's going to be a good time. And mm-hmm. since we're talking about Dude Paladin, I figured it was a great opportunity to have Zandali here on or Dan on the show. Who's uh, those of you who might not know him, given he's not you know a big streamer or anything like that. He's the uh, head mod on the competitive Hearthstone subreddit. Yes, we actually have other aspects of the community, guys. That's not streamers and, you know, and pro players. So it'd be great. <laughs> Dan wrote like this pretty cool post or thread, uh, maybe like about a week ago now, that can and convinced a few other pros to play this this abusive paladin deck that is just totally uh, all over the meta at this point. So it'd be great, great to have him on. What's up, Dan? Hey, uh, glad to be on the show and uh, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. It's, I still remember the when we ran into each other on the airplane that one time. And, yeah, and I was like, I think time. you're sleeping behind me. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, who is this? I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I still remember that. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, so we were going to be talking about the Dude Paladin. Of course, going to do more of a, like a deck spotlight today, a little bit different, where we're just going to dig into it, look at it from every angle we can, maybe take a look at some stats too. Um, topic of the week, we've got a, an evergreen topic that I know Gara wanted to talk a little bit about and just kind of like pros and cons of it, uh, what we think of it, you know, and what, what we think of our, our version of it <laughs> right now. Uh, and then we've got Mechatorx Workshop coming back. We had a couple cards from uh, a couple of the community uh, members from Value Town as well as HS Replay. And then we got Q&A, uh, just again, <laughs> just one or two questions from just all the folks out there. And if you do have a question, go ahead and tweet that to at ValueTownGG or uh, go ahead and email that to ValueTown at TV, and we will try to read it out. Uh, let's start out with our week in Hearthstone, what we've been doing this week. Uh, and uh, I don't know if there's any tournaments going on. Like, what, yeah, Gar, like, what, what have you been up to? Um, letter, letter, letter. They announced um, the wild qualifier, which is happening very soon. Isn't it like tomorrow as well? Yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that soon. Okay. And that spawned like or, already the first um, out 
outrage the public or community outrage because a lot of people actually I saw a lot of like known players um, climb to legend in wild a lot of people are doing it like Firebird, Zelay, a lot of others and today they just announced the, the Copa America qualifier for next month and it's happening like it's kind of interferes the dates interfere of the qualifiers I think like one of the days and same day oh god that really so pissed people off they're both tomorrow is the thing Mike. Okay, so just to clarify, the the Copa is is uh, one of the HCT stops for folks that that didn't know that. So for like, standard, yeah, for standard. So people are trying to get their points, you know, and just that these tour stops that what we were referring to in past episodes. And then now we have this wild qualifier, which is you know maybe the only wild qualifier uh, wild tournament we'll have this year. Who knows, right? We only had one last year, hoping not, but could be the only one. And it's for a decent amount of money, so a lot of people want to participate in it. So what you're basically saying is not not everybody is going to be able to do both. You know what is extremely interesting about <laughs> that is, no, no, I'll get to that. Yeah. It's like what is interesting yeah. is that they, this month there was no qualifier at all, the entire month. So people had nothing to do. And I think the world qualifier they announced two weeks ago or something, like very far ahead, right? Mm-hmm. And people expected there won't be a standard qualifier this month. So people actually just, you know, started preparing for the wild qualifier because there was nothing to do, right? So they're like, okay, let's invest time. Let's learn the new wild decks because most of the standard players don't play wild at all. So you have to invest a lot of times learning the decks, craft the cards. It's very expensive. Like who has all the wild cards? And, and now (laughs) like the standard, but we prioritize the standard qualifiers. So now they suddenly announce a standard qualifier for tomorrow. So basically all the people that invested into wild, they just, they have to like choose and the, the standard players all have to choose for the standard qualifier. Yeah. So like it's a bunch of, you can't play both. Yeah. I mean, so the matches are going on at the same time. So literally you can, I mean, there probably yeah. is a good chance there's overlap. I mean, you'd be crazy lucky to not have it perfect. The, <laughs> the only thing is like, um, the, the one tomorrow is the global qualifier. So like if you're in EU, you can't play the wild tournament. I think as long as I don't, I'm not sure if they conflict or not. I'm not sure if the EU and wild open at the same time. But like NA, there's still two more qualifiers. So like maybe you can go do the wild and then play the other qualifiers. But but why yeah, did they not still... announce it at the same time, right? That's super weird. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely I mean, really they're, awkward. They're definitely not, you know, like I think these HCT stops, you know, these event organizers, they, I think they just schedule whenever and they just get approval from Blizzard, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so I guess you could make an argument that why Blizzard even approved that date if if the wild qualifier was at that time, but I have a feeling they just think of them as separate things. Like wild has no, yeah, has nothing to do with HCT. So it's like completely separate player pools or something like that. But um, even, even that, like, because you just used that excuse, mm-hmm. a lot of the standard qualifiers interfere, interfere with like offline tournaments and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. BlizzCon, I think BlizzCon happened or like when there was the first pro tour qualifier, I think, you know, and yep. Yep. Like a lot of, uh, are you talking about the world championships? Yeah, I think a lot of the yeah, offline yeah, tournaments in, or uh, interfered with the standard qualifiers. So you can't yeah. use ex- the excuse of wild and standard two separate things because yeah. the standard ones already. Yeah, I, I'm just, just super bad. I'm not saying that's the good reason. I'm just saying that's <laughs> probably the reason, or what, probably why it's not coordinated. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, they should probably look at every single player should have a chance to play any any type of format, right? So 
um, you know, if they want this wild thing to actually be decent, then they, uh, you know, I would think they would want some of the standard playing player pool to be able to play it. Uh, but you know, this is something that we run into all the time because there's just not a, a, a universal calendar that event organizer, I mean, Blizzard event mm-hmm. organizers and everybody really plan off each other. Yeah, I don't think Copa wanted to probably, you know, necessarily wanted to schedule on top of another tournament either. So, um, you know, this is just one of those cases where we just, it's like, it's becoming very normal in the Hearthstone community where there's just overlap. And, um, you know, you're finding out about tournaments last minute too. Yeah. Qualifiers, whatever they are, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we have, we just have to hope that, uh, we like, you know, build from here, right? Like we see all these mistakes happening right now. So like, there's probably like there's like the the big overhaul this this year and like maybe mm. like it just keeps getting better right just because like this is their they're kind of like not trial period but like they're just kind of first time in doing it this way yeah i know they wanted to get out like everything at the beginning but it's like really hard to do that so like maybe it just gets better and better about it like as time goes on yeah you just need i mean you you definitely need something foundational to to be able to even accomplish that and i think that you know, having a calendar, like a very universal calendar that that's public, you know, that everybody can see, um, yeah. is like the first step to that. Scheduling your, you know, figuring out the best way to schedule the events as early as possible. Mm. You know, uh, you know, and th- I think that's step yeah. two. You know, we don't even have a portal yet. Okay, so we don't have an esport port. You know, like a a Hearthstone <laughs> HCT portal yet. You know, I, I, I'm not sure when any of these things are going to be coming. So, you know, it's unfortunate for you you players because you guys have to deal with it and then frustrated whenever, you know, you waste time trying to get ready for something. And, you know, it's pr- pretty brutal. So did any, too, of you, any of you guys get ready for the wild tournament or no? Did you guys are, are going to try for it or? Honestly, uh, was, until Flame Waker is a viable card in the wild again, <laughs> I will probably never step foot into the format again. I, I think another thing that's awkward is I think the finals are, are the last day of the season. I'm not sure if that's like 100% true, but because I haven't looked at it, but I think what I remember people talking about is it like the, the finals of this wild tournament are, are the last day of this month. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, oh I think gosh. it's like two phases or something. I'm not sure. Wow, yeah, I was like, there's no way. I have to play ladder. Okay, I already got well. the countdown going. Like I can't not. As <laughs> <laughs> you're wondering what we're talking about, Ann has this countdown to the last day of the season. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's literally his title. It's like your stream title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. People need to know, man. That's true. That's definitely true. Uh, yeah, Dan. And how about you? This week, anything going on on the the sub this week? Uh, I mean, we had a key, pretty comprehensive cube warlock guide go up, and uh, I posted cool. that discussion about Deed Paladin. We saw an interesting aggro Kingsbane rogue list that got posted, but there's not a lot of uh, of results on it so far. It's kind of something on my list to test. But yeah, uh, for my end, I've been playing uh, that Cornerstone deck down here, Deed Paladin. Man, it's a riot. It's a real <laughs> lot of fun. That's why you're on this episode, right? Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. be jumping into that in in, in one second. And uh, Ant, so you're are you already preparing a week out for the end of the season here? Are you like positioning yourself, yeah. or you, you have to. You have to the strategic positions on multiple servers. Try to get them around a hundred. You know, maybe higher. You just want the, the the prime position to try to get those finishes. Yeah. Are you like Gara? Are you on all three servers? Uh, I didn't play EU like I should because of the new like rank or the reset. 
So I should play all of them, but I don't know. I guess I got a little lazy. <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine next month because you save so much time by with climbing uh, NA and whatever yeah. your second server okay. is. Like even when you start from fresh, you you just have so much time. Like you save up like ten days. Yeah. Just from climbing yeah. to legend. Yeah. I was so, doing the math on it, and it. The new rank changes are supposed to cut down on your climb from uh, from like 16 to legend. Now it's going to be like 4 to legend, and you're going to play like about like 35 to 40% as many games as you were before. And that's like a huge, huge difference. So this guy I mean, knows. How did, so, how did you do that? This is kind of a little off topic, but how did you do that calculation? Because, you know, we, we talked about it maybe a week or two ago about. Um, you know, like when when it comes to the number of games, you're totally right. But when it comes to the competitiveness of the games early season, it's actually higher than it was before. So, um, no, it should be because what do you mean? because everyone starts at the same rank. Like if we yeah, both so? if we play against each other on rank four or or on rank fifteen against like the other legend players, it makes no difference. I don't know that. That I think is a, is a point you can contest a little bit because if you think about it, like um, legend players are resetting to sixteen, and like people who are finishing at like rank six, rank five, are at like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. They're really not that far away. Nowadays, if you're like a rank five finisher, you're fin- you're resetting to like rank nine instead of rank four. So I agree with you in that. Like the skill disparity is going to be a, a lot more present than it was, and I agree to some extent with Gar's point because I did once uh, uh, a one week to legend run in it was like January twenty sixteen. And uh, my games were like significantly harder because of the volume of games I was playing, and I was I was just playing against other grinders and other good players. Like even at ranks like I think I like I queued a Maz at rank twelve or something like that, and um, you know like all that kind of stuff. And you know you do run into more experienced players as you're doing that fast grind. But um, I think that now there's going to be a, a much bigger separation as Chan Men said. That's going to really help out some of those lower skilled players. I mean, I think the top level legends will still probably cruise i mean there's a big difference between top legend and bottom legend but you know the baseline you'll run into is bottom legend like right from the get-go where like you said dan you know if i i finish rank five i'm only like one or two ranks below you so if matchmaking for whatever reason you know if the volume of players is just slow whenever you play you could potentially be playing like rank three players and rank two players as a you know a legend top legend player so i'm kind of curious i'm not sure how which way it'll end up falling but um we should just Whoever's listening, or maybe even one of us, we should just see how many, you know, you know how much more efficient actually it really is. That'd be kind of uh, cool to see. I think it would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like uh, one thing I want to add is really like when you finish, like even top ten legend at the end of the season, when there's a reset, maybe you you feel the same. And is that when you reset, like the deck you got to rank ten usually doesn't work. Like you 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 always feel like yeah. okay, I can play the same deck. And then because there's like a, a completely different meta, right? <laughs> right. And this yeah. is because you face these different people. You face like rank three people, legend people, like low legend people. Yep. But when you face, uh, if you reset to rank four and you face like legend players only, then kind of the meta stays for you the same. It might be that your deck that you got to high legend will still perform on that rank. So it might be easier, actually. Yeah, definitely understand. a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like, especially if you don't play immediately, if you wait like a, a day, um, so more people are in that rank 16 area, you do get a really like different meta. And I kind of do find that funny. Like a lot of times that you're, the deck you got high legend with, like you just you just can't win with when you get the reset. <laughs> yeah. You just hit so much random things. I mean, isn't the smart thing to do, guys, just to wait a week and then ladder? 
for you guys? Like that's what Nario does. Yeah, I mean that's what Nario was saying. Yeah. like like a week or two ago. Um, yeah. Just, because by that time, you definitely have folks that are you know that were lower rank. Uh, at the end of the season, you're playing against them, so you should be like well, way big, big uh, favorite against them, right? So yeah, should be cool, definitely cool. All right, well, why yeah, don't we just oh, go ahead? I'm similar bad about it because like you're just like clearly playing against players that you're better than, and you got like 19 and one with Zoo, but you got to feel bad for those other guys on the other end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely fascinating sometimes if you really take a good look at what. You know what the meta looks like, meta and laddering. What the meta actually even looks like as you're going from tier to tier on the ladder, too. Because uh, I mean, you go to Asia's replay and you literally click on the different sections. You know of of uh, the just the rank. I think we go up to rank twenty right now. You can see like certain decks do better at certain ranks, and you know you should mm -hmm. be trying to switch up at some point. It's definitely really cool. All right, well, why don't we jump into the deck that we you know wanted to spotlight today? So we're going to be spotlighting Dude Paladin, which is. Um, I'd still say it's in the the new phase. You know, it's probably I don't know maybe a couple weeks old from uh, you know really starting to to make a some type of splash in the meta. At this point, it's a pretty you know it's pretty prevalent. I wouldn't say it's like incredible like like cube lock control lock prevalent or or even murloc paladin, but it's it's definitely rise. It's on the rise for sure. We'll take a look at the popularity in a second. But this is I the gotta deck catch that you there, my man. I gotta catch you there. Actually, okay. according to some stats I was looking at over the yeah. past couple of days, the play rate is now equal to or eclipsing Murloc Paladin. Alright, let's look. Let's just look. <laughs> Might as well just look. Alright, so if we're gonna click on all right, if we're just it's just the silver hand one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so oh, actually go I should go to meta. Oops. All right, popularity. Let's see. Okay, Murloc. Oh, we still got, we still got a little <laughs> bit of difference. About, uh, it's catching up though. 1%. It's, catching it's up like I said, it's catching up. It's just not. I mean, Mage and you know Murloc Paladin and Spival Pre These have had months, all right, of establishing this kind of percentage. So the fact that it's at already at five point nine five is is pretty crazy. Wait, click on last like three days and see what it looks like there. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's higher. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there we go. That's what I'm yes. talking about. Got him. All right, last day. All right, last day. All right, there we go. All right, all right. I'll give it to you. All right. <laughs> it's is doing definitely very well. God, look at the secret mage. It's still at eleven percent. That's like nuts. Um, That's what right. my deck eats up, man. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to the deck itself and. Um, yeah, we're just going to be basing on the discussion. There's a lot of derivatives. We'll talk about some of the derivatives, but this is the one that I think we're going to be basing our talks off of. And um, yeah, so let's start off by how much of how much have you played of this deck, Dan? I know you played a ton of it because you've written articles and gotten muzzy to play and everything. But um, and how much have you played of this deck? Um, I mean, I played it on Asia from like a thousand to like around one hundred. Mm -hmm. So I mean, a, a good amount. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Gar, how about you? You play this a bunch? Mm. No, but I played against it a lot. <laughs> you played against <laughs> it. So you're going to be giving us the the viewpoint from the opponent side of things. Yeah. <laughs> so we had it for deck of the week this past week. So I, I I played about I'd say about 50 games this last week with it, maybe more. Um, so got got a really good feel for the deck and. I mean, my first impression is it's really good, it's especially outside of Legend. I think this deck is maybe one of the best decks to, to climb the Legend with, um, you know, second mm. half of the season or, you know, just not in the very beginning when, when there could yeah. be a lot of Legends players up there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my experience. I went from six to two in, in a night. 
Like, oh wow, yeah, it was insane. <laughs> I went on like a crazy run. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think my winning percentage was like seventy-one percent or something like with it. It was <laughs> it was insane. But um, yeah, what were your thoughts on it, um, Gara? How about you start off? What, what do you so think for, for like when I like I usually play like control decks, and when I play against that deck compared to like let's say Murloc Paladin, I was I really felt like especially today that it struggles at closing out games. Like I had hmm. games where like I was down to like even one HP. Like he has a full board, and I somehow get one Void Lord out, right? Because he doesn't play the Spellbreakers, he doesn't play like a Leroy. Like if you can stabilize in some shape or form, like it just doesn't find a way to like get the extra push. Like it felt easier to beat that deck for some reason. I don't know. It just. Well, are you playing Warlock? Uh, Warlock, Priest. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's Warlock, Warlock is literally <laughs> the worst matchup. Yeah, yeah, but no, but. Uh, <laughs> Yes, of course. Yeah. But compared to Murloc Paladin, maybe he doesn't have the he doesn't have the slots. I think like if you play double spellbreaker, agro paladin or something, it felt so much harder to beat that. Or like just the additional Leroy, whatever. It, this that's what I feel like. It doesn't have like this closer. Yes, it has the equality, yeah. but equality just doesn't do the same. And oftentimes they just don't have like the the combo with it. Like if you're behind on board, you can't. What, what you're gonna do with equality? Yeah. They first have to get the dudes out, and then equality. It's, it's it just okay. feels very. All right, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna I'm gonna get Ann's thoughts on this, and then Dan, I'm gonna just let you go because I know you're just re- we're just waiting. Like, I'm just but, and yeah, what what are your thoughts as playing it and playing against it? I don't know. I think it's a lot better than like Murloc Paladin against not Warlock. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, that makes it, sense. It, that makes sense. Yeah, it's really it's really uh it's really bad against Warlock. I mean, it's easy to tell. Are you guys are like one health? Like. It's it's not the the best against defile or like hellfire or anything like that. But like uh, when I'm playing like dragon priest or like against dragon priest, like it feels like it just doesn't fold to like one dust breaker. Kind of like some sometimes Merlock Paladin feels like that, where like they play a, a dust breaker, maybe even two you can get through just because you have so much resiliency with like stand against darkness and and uh, cold arms. You could just like keep making boards and they're, they're, like they're not gonna have they're not always gonna have four dust breakers, right? Like. <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot easier to i've it's, I've it's a lot easier played, to like stick a board i played against my share of four dust breakers <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's always a trip okay yeah, yeah. so i think it, okay, go in ahead, those go matchups ahead. is pretty good yeah yeah i, I agree all right, all right yeah so i kind of wanted to snowball or stuff of what garo was originally saying and that um yeah it feels like the deck doesn't actually get there or have staying power if you can keep the board clear and that's actually the deck's well-defined weakness so mm-hmm. Uh, the deck is really strong against board-based strategies because you just have your like your your cards are really sticky. Like the squire, the jungle, and the the uh, protector really help you contest your early game, and you have weapons to chop through the X three minions in the meta. And then you have like this powerful mid game where you can continue reloading and flooding the board, and uh, eventually you get to a point where you overload the board and your opponents off the board, and you stabilize and they die. And it's very good against the like decks like that, like Secret Mage and and to an extent Murloc Paladin, uh, where you're you know you're trying they, the, these decks win by getting damage on the board and uh, yeah. Let's, and, just look, uh, let's look at the matchups here. I mean, you can kind of get a, get a sense for it. Like sixty four. Like look look at the percentages on 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 these two matchups. Which uh, you know, yeah, two priest super is really decks. good because they really rely on Duskbreaker to clear the board, the spiteful priests, and like there's some certain key cards that they play that you can like Tar Creeper and uh, 
Um, well, I know the Talon Priest is being played in the combo variants now, but there's sometimes just like a way that you can tell pretty early on that they're on Spiteful and that they're not running these AoEs like Horror or Dragon Fire Potion or anything like this. And you can just play incredibly aggressively on the board and like, like not like immediately, like you bait out the Dustbreaker, get a feel for what's in their hand, and then you can just go ham. And it doesn't matter what they pull from their Spiteful Summoner because... You're just straight up on the board and you snowball yeah. with like a You're just out. wide. You're just super like, wide, right? And if you hit that yeah. Terum or if you hit that level up, you, you just end the games anyways. But um, Absolutely. But um, as, as Gar was saying, it struggles against Warlock. And actually, um, it's not really being represented in the meta enough, but the Control Priest variants, not the Combo Priest, but... Um, yeah, the Cabal Shadow Priest, the, the one that runs like the, the potion and... And horrors and cabal shadow priests and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. yeah, no, that's like to me that's like worse than warlock almost. But um, I mean, I wanted to really talk about specifically the warlock matchup and why those uh, the warlock, specifically control warlock over Q block is so favored for, for against my deck. And I mean, it really all boils down to defile and twisting nether, right? So like you have cards in the deck like Steward of Darkshire, which help you build boards that are really good against cards like Dragonfire Potion or Duskbreaker or Hellfire. And typically in those cases, it's great. But like when your opponent's got a minion and they just bump one of your shields and play defile and it wipes your whole board despite you setting things up, it's like, you know, what yeah. can you do? I, I Like not just Warlock, I think I also played a lot of Recruit for you against it. I think that leaving oh. minions up is... Uh, way less scary against the Dude Paladin. For example, if you leave any Murloc up against Murloc Paladin, like the gentle Megasaur on curve is so threatening and <laughs> yeah, they push crazy. like more damage per turn if you leave anything up. Like mm -hmm. there could be a call to arms or gentle Megasaur. It's harder also to yeah. play around stuff. It can be like, you know, like the buff Murloc and suddenly everything has more HP. Like you feel like pressure to clear everything. Like, use your bot clear way more inefficient against Murloc Paladin you kind of always know what to expect it's always like the yeah. same cards and it's not that much pressure not just That's with a, Warlock if I remember right the Recruit Warrior plays Garrosh and uh, much like the no no Dreadlord Garrosh yeah the Death Knight which makes your hero power whirlwind and um yeah, I'm just gonna say that's not good. That's yeah, not yeah. Good definitely. <laughs> Warrior is another class that's really good against this. So like, yeah, this dude did. Yeah, this Warrior dude is criminally it. underplayed at the moment, and I'm surprised yeah. people haven't brought it out in response to this deck that just plays a bunch of one ones and relies on them sticking and snowballing them. Like, I mean, it's like the direct immediate counter, and I'm, I'm really shocked not to see more of it. That's because I, I mean, actually, uh, Gar, you played a bunch of it, right? Yeah, it's it's one of my best win rate decks actually. What, is it? what kind of win rate do you have right now? It's for, it's from but it, it was seventy one percent. And then Ooh. sometimes you have these phases. Yeah. It's just bad versus like some super greedy warlocks. And sometimes you have these phases. You face a lot of warlocks, and then the, a day later, nobody plays warlock. Right. I don't know who <laughs> pushes these warlocks out of the meta. Actually, I've noticed yeah. different times of the day. Like there's certain times of the mm -hmm. day where there's just a crap load of warlock, and then there's times where there's no warlocks. It's it's kind of it's pretty weird actually. Yeah, it's I, it, really weird. Late at night, I play a bunch of warlocks. During the day, I don't. It's because so you know, uh, like the people are like done with going to work. You know, <laughs> you have all the kids on ladder, and then during the day playing their aggro decks, and That's then people right. get home from work. Time to play some warlock. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in terms of like the counters to it, you can see like people that can't you know maybe might be listening right now. The uh, the control warlock is a 
is a huge favorite against this Paladin deck. It's probably got like a 69% win percentage against the, the Paladin deck. And then um, I would say Cube is also a favorite, 56%. Um, and, you know, those things like Defile is terrible, Twisting is terrible. Voidlord by itself is bad. I mean, we've got equality, <laughs> but it's got 18 health. And, and we're talking about Dude Paladin. We're talking like one ones across the board a lot of yeah. times. And maybe you get the 5-5 five five on there and can help, but it's pretty much over. They get a Voidlord down, you're just done. So um, you have to find really, really creative ways to get through Void Lord. And yeah. uh, actually, on my Legend yeah. climb, I ended up making some changes to uh, to end up including a second equality, a spellbreaker, I, and a. We, oh, I didn't do a spellbreaker, but I did a second equality for sure. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the spellbreaker won me like one game against the Warlock out of like the six or seven that I queued, mm -hmm. and like I had drawn spellbreaker in several of them, but it was just like you can't silence AOE, so you're just gonna die anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where you just give up that match up like i almost yeah. concede every time i run into it. like I, I almost don't even play the games like because it's yeah it's, it's a waste of time play those out. Yeah. and i mean i think i mean a lot of people keep asking me it's like how do you make warlock matchup better how do you do make warlock like beatable and it's like you don't if this deck could beat every deck in the meta we broke and it would be the next thing people are complaining about so like you know you have at some point you have to accept that your deck's not going to be able to beat every strategy in the game and like <laughs> but for me it's like you know if control warlock is like 25% of the meta and I can't beat it at all, then yeah, it's going to make my climb really hard. But it's like you said, if you hit those pockets during the day where you're just playing all aggro decks, yeah. well, man, you're going to have like an 80% win rate or something ridiculous. Hey, so so how does, I know we were talking about this, but, um, you know, last week, Gar, you were, you were telling us how much you, you just hated, right, Ren, and, and just the kind of the control warlock thing, right? So are you playing warrior to counter that song or no? Uh, to, to counter the ring? Yeah, or to just counter warlock. Yeah. How does it do against warlock? Uh, I think you can't go for um, fatigue strategies in general. You kind of have to cheese. If you want to play control decks, mm -hmm. like you have to cheese through Jades, if that is possible, like with Jade Raid or Jade Shaman, or like mm -hmm. play big minions. So you can play, you yeah. know, or like yeah. in a fire priest, in okay. a fire priest, some broken like mechanic, in a yeah. fire priest, recruit warrior. I think the best warrior deck, control warrior deck that you can play is recruit warrior because you can cheat out big minions. Yeah. It's cheat. all about cheating. Okay? If you can't cheat out mana, you, you just yeah, lose, like it really is like nowadays. That. You know, yeah, like, that's what you're, called you're not playing Hearthstone if you're not cheating out mana. Just right give them like draw three cards and put them into play. <laughs> All my opponents are cheating. Exactly. Right? Like so, like you play the recruit card, you get Isharash, and then you pull that thing, and then you're like, then you just take a moment and realize, like focus or like <laughs> I just went yeah, what just happened? You know, <laughs> twenty two powers of stats on turn five on the coin. That's pretty powerful, apparently in every class. Do you think that Warrior isn't seeing play because of the accessibility? Like, for example, if you look at this deck, it's like 4,500 Dust and, like, Call to Arms and Tarim are staple cards that you don't feel bad about crafting, and that's, like, half the cost. But if you look at, like, a deck like Recruit Warrior, it thinks, like, eclipsing, like, 12,000 Dust, probably. It has, it has a or factor. Even more. It definitely has a no. factor. Right? Like, people, like, if they watch my stream and I play that, they look at the, the cards they need, they're like, they give up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, all those, like... Definitely Dragon Lord, like normal definitely like these cards where you don't play in any other deck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like the weapon too is like something I never play outside <laughs> oh, of the yeah. deck. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that that's a huge factor too. It's 4,700 dust is super cheap too. Yeah. That's like ridiculous. I mean, the, well, how much is the mage? The mage isn't. How much is. I wonder how much the mage is. The, the secret mage. Let me see. People eat up those decks. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering how much dust it is. 
So Aluna's uh, the only legendary, right? And Alunath, and then there's I guess one Pyroblast, but there aren't many epics in that deck either. I don't think. I think it's also relatively cheap, yeah. like forty. Yeah, it's forty four twenty. Yeah, so that's why yeah. these decks are so crazy popular right now. It's because <laughs> they're so cheap too. But anyways, getting back to the Paladin, um, why don't we talk about um, just really the key cards? Um, you know, and, and then we can get into like maybe some cards that are flexible because there are derivatives of this, right? It just really depends on what you're trying to beat and, you know, maybe try, trying to help those matchups. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, why don't we start with, let's go with the most important cards that we think are in the deck. You know, like these are the ones that consistently make plays, super important. Uh, start with you, Ant. Like what do you, in your experience, like which ones do you think are, are the key ones? Uh, call to Arms. I think that's the, the easy one here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's cheating mana. You get to draw three as well. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty insane. But uh, I think I, a card I've I've started to hate like playing against is uh, Righteous Protector. <laughs> the card mm -hmm. is insane. Yep. Just the one mana annoyatron kind of effect and trying to get through it. Like it feels like any any board strategy like early on. It just makes it so annoying if you're playing like one minion. And like trying to get through that, like it just feels like it never happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That feels like one of the the better things. There's also like the early, uh, if you have the coin, like um, steward plus like lost in the jungle, also like is pretty is a pretty like uh, good play early on. Um, but I think also I, it doesn't seem to have like as high as win rate here. But like the rallying blade is one that's like huge for me yeah. as well when I keep it. Like I, I feel like I, there's like so many things in the early game like. You just have to. You just get rid of, and you make your own board. Like you go rallying blade, call arms, and like just deal with their two minions that they play, and like you, you just feel so far ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. The rallying blade is like that's this particular card that I just know in my head it's good. Like I know why it's good, and I know it's good, but for some reason I always want to try to drop it whenever I'm, I'm trying to put something <laughs> else. In. I don't know why. It's but it for some reason. But it's a, yeah, it's really oh, really good card. Why, man? I'll tell you exactly why. It's okay. the same reason wow. people come up to me and ask me why I don't drop Divine Favor, right? So like, if you think about the matchups where Divine Favor is good, it's like your priests, your warlocks, the decks that are holding a bunch of cards, and you get a bunch of cards back. And in your aggro matchups, it's like a fairly dead draw. But typically, with the way that this deck is built, with things like stand and call, uh, you can typically, you know, get enough my value and mileage out of your cards that the drawback from having a dead card in those aggro matchups isn't so bad. And the yeah. same thing applies in inverse to Rallying Blade. Like, uh, the reason I, I actually ended up cutting them all, and I'm only on two Blade at the moment. Hmm. And um, uh, the idea is that, like, you know, it's like you said, Secret Mage right now is the biggest deck in the meta, and they don't play any X2 minions. They're playing a bunch of, except for, like, Sork. But, like, mo for the most part, all their minions are X3s or uh, the 5-5. Five five. And, uh, you know, Rallying Blade just cleanly deals with that two-for-one most of the time. And it's the uh, same deal with Murlocs. Most of them only have three health as well until they're buffed. Yeah. So it's another, it's another like one of those things where you really need it to beat those decks, but it's not going to perform as well versus say like warlock or priest. Well, like I said, I I know I know the reason in my head It's just whenever I'm trying to like fiddle around with things, it's for some reason it's like one of the ones I always try to drop. Agara, like when you're facing this, what do you think is the um, most annoying card to face against, like, or at least the like, cleaver? I would say. The it's the okay. scariest card yeah. for multiple reasons, right? The the Tarim, obviously super scary card. Like whenever it comes down, <laughs> it's usually game winning. Yeah. It, like it's crazy, like almost always. Uh and yeah, the cleaver, like because everything that can happen, right? And like if you don't remove him, 
it's so much damage. It's like 12 damage to the face or whatever. They take out everything. And, and the dudes, it's not just the, the two dudes that usually they play like two or three other dudes at the same time. So it's always a full board. So for three turns, it will be like a full board every time. Mm-hmm. It's it's the, probably the scariest card to yeah. face. It's and, definitely yeah. a good card. It's just, it's one of those cards, if you if you see it, obviously it's not kept, right? Like mulligan-wise, it's it, no, no way it's going to keep a seven drop. But um, but look at the win percentage. The win percentage is actually, eh, it's pretty even maybe on the lower side actually on on the um just on the grand scheme of things there's so many things over 50 percent in this deck like the card wise <laughs> it's like incredible how it performs it's called the arms super high of course yeah for me i think uh the, the stand and crystal lion combo is like really really like when i'm playing this deck i freaking love that combo because it's like i mean not only do you get you know if you fill the board but you also have uh the crystal line that has a divine shield on it too so i, I feel like that set up for Terran, um, or or even just if you're playing Maul, you know it can be great for a Maul that hits like a plus one attack kind of thing, and um, mm-hmm. it can finish games. I, I I find myself doing that combo a lot. Um, it's pretty definitely fun. You can do the stand with the Stewart too. I mean, obviously there's all all these different awesome combos like the Stegadon too. How do you guys like the Stegadon? Does do you find yourself casting it on more than like one? <laughs> Uh, Silverhammer recruit a lot, or do you you guys save it, or how do you guys feel about that one? So for me, it's it's actually been a little bit clunky lately. As weird as it is, as people have kind of uh, gotten to know the deck a little bit and things are popping up, it's becoming a little less useful when people are clearing your dudes. And uh, I mean, the real reason I originally included it is because, like, you know, you can't run four copies of Terran, and if I could, I'd cut Lightfeast Stegadon and level up in a heartbeat. But, uh, <laughs> right. Um, you know, I needed I needed another way to what I call um, I call those effects the bloodlust effects of Paladin, and the idea yep. is like, you know, you're getting you get these dudes onto the board, you finally get a board state that's unanswered, and then you just put this down, and you get like Wind Fury or plus four Divine Shield or something like this, and the game just completely snowballs in your favor, and you win. Because it's like Ara said before, you need to have a way to actually end the game once you have that board state. And like punching people in the face for like three, four damage turn with one ones is not really like a, a fast, effective way to end the game. Mm-hmm. So like, although Stegadon sometimes doesn't get there on the value side, like you're maybe only hitting one or two minions, it's kind of like a, yeah. a necessary evil because you need a win condition. Yeah. No, Stegadon's yeah. nice when you get the death rattle too, though. The, the you know, just, just continuing to guarantee you're gonna have some minions on the board of the one ones and stuff um you know level up's a good good um card to discuss too because i know some people put fungal in there fungal mancer instead mm-hmm. um just to try it out just because fungal mancer doesn't rely on just silver hand recruits you, you know you can you can at least buff two of anything i've tried it out too i've kind of i'm kind of torn actually i mean the level up definitely gives me that burst ability and um, you know, some games I feel like I'm already winning already. Where, where Geomancer being able to buff up a steward or buff up a, I don't know, like a knife juggler or something like that seemed seem to be very useful to me. So, I'm kind of curious what you guys think. And any opinion on that? Um, I've definitely liked level up, um, just playing it a bit, but I don't know. Fungal Master actually is like a pretty good idea. It does get clunk- clunky sometimes, and uh, you can't really play it, or like it's only one or two minions, and you're like, uh, should I save it? Um, but yeah, Fungal Match is a really good idea. I do like the ability like to maybe finish people with level up sometimes as well, or even like the taunt effect being relevant sometimes, but uh, I think Fungal Match is definitely something worth trying, so maybe it is worth just cutting level up for it. Yeah, or at least interchangeable. I, mean, I, I think they're the interchangeable. Past. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. What'd you think? I, I, uh, so I actually was on it. Uh, it was actually before I was playing Steward, and uh, for some reason I didn't think Steward was good. I don't know why. Uh, but after watching Muzzy play it a bunch, I ended up cutting fungals for the stewards. Uh, and that was mm-hmm. that what that slot originally was. And um, the, there's like pros and cons to fungal. And the way I ended up doing it was like this, right? So fungal has like a much easier to hit requirement, especially after you cast called arms and you pull minions like Squire and mm-hmm. Protector, which are rough, tough to remove. So you'll, you're like more guaranteed to have targets on cur- if you're playing like that kind of a curve game. But the uh, as, as Ant was saying, you can really use level up in some situations to just put like twelve or fifteen burst damage into your opponent's face and like uh, and like that kind of power. Sorry, not twelve to fifteen. Like uh, you get an extra eight to ten out of it or something like that. Sometimes six to ten. And um, like the so the ceiling on level up is higher, but the condition is harder to meet because it only hits dudes. And so I think there's pros and cons to both, and I'm not really sure which one is totally better at the moment. But like Ant was saying, the bloodlust effect really helps in some of these games. So I like level up. Yeah, it's it's nice because it's compared to bloodlust a lot, but level up is better because it buffs up your health too. So even if you don't mm-hmm. kill that turn, you don't feel like oh that was my opportunity or I have to start over. Or, Hopefully I can draw some kind of burst. You still have a board full of three threes, you know, three three silver yeah. recruits, which is the taunt is definitely the game. Yeah, yeah, and taunt too. Yeah, exactly. Like so. against the board base decks, like it's helped me stabilize her Morlock Paladin several times, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if like. They uh like you play them with steward and they just still have their divine shields and you buff them up like it's so hard to get through. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, dry gulch jailer Gara, what do you think of this card? Um, <laughs> this 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 card helped me uh, to mill mill uh, acro mullock tooth paladin. Okay, you can play cola oracle against tooth paladin and get value. That's, that's true. That's definitely true. <laughs> Look at the win rates on this card, though. It's it's got a mulligan win rate of eight, uh, fifty-eight point four. So that that oh, means wow. if you you know you end up, uh, it ends up in your opening hand. So that's like that's pretty darn high. Um, I mean, there's only these four, which are the obvious ones that are they're higher. Uh, but it's a pretty good one. Kept to sixty-seven percent drawn. All right, it's, it's so so. So this seems to be a pretty solid one. I I haven't decided like of course the times when i i end up getting the three silver and recruits going into late game it's awesome it's it's great to combo but i just don't know you know when's the right time because you know not being able to fill the board literally just putting a one one on the board is generally a bad thing early on in the game especially playing this deck so um yeah any any thoughts on on just how to play this card uh i kind of like that uh getting the three recruits like it can kind of help you fill like holes in your curve sometimes if you have awkward turns. Like you can play a two and a one or a two and a one one or things like that or like a three and a one one on four. Like it just helps fill in curves sometimes. I feel like if you play it on two, mm-hmm. and that's probably why I've besides like the the combos in the early game or in the uh, late game uh, is probably like one of the more useful things I've seen with the card. Mm-hmm. Dan. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those cards that's kind of interesting because of the way that it works and the, because we're running Divine Favor in our deck, we have to be kind of cautious about this because I've tested it with two. And uh, if you pull two of those off of Called Arms, man, that's a pretty weak Called Arms, man. It's like pulling some wisps. So it's uh, not really great for putting you on the board. And then all of a sudden that advantage that you're getting from Called Arms being, you know, this great, amazing get-ahead card is kind of mitigated by the fact that you just summon some one ones. Uh, but I agree that, yeah, it's definitely great in, uh, for the games where you need to fill out your curve or uh, in combination with Steward of Darkshire, the tokens become very powerful. But uh, it also has some anti-synergy with cards like Divine Favor 
and it is just a meager one one so yeah okay yeah if you look at the percentages like there's only one card that's actually below 50 percent in, in terms of played win rate and it's and it's a quality and it's probably because of warlock huh. <laughs> like that's a, that's definitely the class that you play a quality against pretty consistently yeah um, i mean you're typically playing a quality when you're behind so like it yeah. makes sense that the played win rate is probably a yeah, little bit lower because maybe you're not quite turning the corner and coming back in all of those games but yeah. um it's definitely a really powerful card versus priest uh it's definitely one of the main reasons that spiteful priest is so favored in my opinion is tarim inequality allowing you to reset their board just gives you so much like oomph in that matchup yeah, nothing like trading uh you know a one one for a twelve one. It's that's amazing. It feels good. <laughs> it feels pretty good. <laughs> it feels awesome. Yeah. Especially my one one has divine shield too. <laughs> so it's really, really if, if you're like later in the game where you can go like a quality juggler in the stand, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, so anyways, guys, you know, um let's see, do I anything else we want to talk about this? Um uh, I'd say, oh, uh, actually, Rhythm Bastard had a had a question, and uh, we kind of talked a little bit about. It. I mentioned Bunglemancer, but as far as what cards would you see at um, as the least necessary in most of the lists you've seen that could be swapped out? So I, I guess maybe I'll add to it. Which cards would you swap out, and what would you swap it for? You know, as maybe like a fun fun flavor, like a dino size kind of flavor, or you know something like that. You guys tried anything like that? Uh, so I don't know if y'all saw the the original list was running Dino Size, and there's a guy in Japan who made this like meme Twitch clip. Where he's got like the Japanese like fighting video and everything as he's Dino Sizing his one one to kill the Zulak. It's super funny. Man. It's, it's like Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It to you after, yeah, but, yeah. Um, as far as the cards go, like this is the the what we're calling the one point five list here, and it's pretty tight as far as the cards go. Like there's um there's about twenty three cards that pretty much never come out of the deck. But the cards that like I've looked at changing and have recently changed are um, uh, the one identified model is definitely a flexible slot and can be replaced with pretty much just about anything you want. Uh, it all depends on really what you're seeing. Um, the level ups could be fungal mancers if you wanted. Uh, I've actually cut crystal lion. It was funny that you were mentioning it. I actually cut it for my deck because I was looking for a way to create more deck slots and just like um, I haven't really missed it. As weird as it sounds. Uh, really? I, I didn't okay. like Crystal Lion as well. Mm. Like it just didn't feel very good sometimes. It just felt mm. awkward. Okay. I tried Sea Lion, a Sea Giant over it for a little bit actually. Yeah, I like Sea Giant a lot better because it, it, yeah. it counts against all of your minions and all of your opponent's minions, and it represents a much faster clock. Like it's way faster. But um I ended up I ended up cutting it because I wanted to keep experimenting with other stuff and all Warlock Debacle. I really needed to beat Warlock a little bit more. Alright, here, here's here's a money question. Has anybody tried Bolvar yet <laughs> with this deck? <laughs> okay. Or Blood Knight. I have I a Blood it. Knight. Anybody? You know, like, everybody... That keeps coming up, like, about Blood Knight, and it's like... People people keep mentioning to yeah. tech Blood Knight against it. Oh, yes. against, against it, for sure. Yeah. Oh. You gotta play that dude crab, man. Dude, dude crab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That has not happened. <laughs> yes, but... but no, Blood actually heard someone was in top 30 like a couple of days ago playing a blood knight in the list and supposedly it was good versus warlock because you just pooped out this 9-9 threat on like turn three and yeah, you know, it's what's, like a Van Cleef. defile don't do anything versus that my man yeah it, it's an interesting discussion because you know getting you know i think that uh, unlike van cleef which has a very minimal 
penalty, which is losing cards. You know, just throwing away cards for this investment. Um, you know, Blood Knight has a different type of investment, which is you know you're giving up Divine Shield. You know, like Divine Shield in this deck is super important. You know, to just to be anti removal and and things like that. So yeah, in, in y'all's in y'all's eyes, you think that three three buff, you know, to to a, a Blood Knight is actually worth the Divine Shields, the stickiness of your minions in a deck like this. Uh, Gara, I'll throw it your way. Um, if you like, in the deck or against it? Um, no, in the deck. Yeah, against it is. Yeah, come like, on, like, if, you, if, you, if you look at Volok Mirrors, how they go sometimes, it's like you go tap, tap, giant, and the opponent has no way to kill it. Like, very few people even play Siphon Soul. And you can just win with that one big threat. It's the same goes with one cleave, you know? Like, you go for a big one cleave, the opponent has no answer, you just win the game. Pretty much against literally everything. And it, I can see this go the same way, you know? It's like, you go for a defy clear or whatever, and again, it's like, you can play around defy that way as well, because then you have, like, no 2 HP minion. And, like, how do you kill the big guy? Warlock is actually not very good at killing big guys. This is why people go back to Mountain Giants, for the mirror mainly. Like, people stopped playing Mountain Giants for a long time because Razakus Priest is no longer a thing. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that Mountain Giant is, like, one of the best cards you can have in the mirror. Yeah. And just playing a big dude very fast. But it's not just that. It's also, like, um, I can see, like, the random J Druid with, like, um, Spreading Plague being a bad matchup. Mm -hmm. Then, like, having a big minion early, like, what does Druid do about it? Nothing. Yeah. I think it changes the matchups. It definitely helps with the matchups, you know, like the warlock matchup. That's that is a you know a bad one. Do you guys think it it hurts with the matchups it's already good against though? Like, w would it be worse against Secret Mage um, if think, you if you did put that in there? I think it, it depends also on how popular Silence is. Very often, like double yeah. Silence is staple. Yeah, and when it's, the, it's very popular right now. <laughs> Spellbreaker's number one. Remember last week? We saw that Spellbreaker's <laughs> the number one card right now. So. Yeah, but the thing is, is that is Spellbreaker being played in Warlock and is it being played in the Jadrid or these controlling priests? And I don't think it is. Like, uh, I don't think, like, I mean, I've seen Silence in some of, like, the combo dragon priests, and so maybe you have it there, but, like, well, they also Secret have Mage and against, like, I guess Murloc Paladin is playing two Silence, so maybe not so great there. But yeah. hey, you're taking their bubbles. Maybe you're taking their their uh, protectors bubble away. And yeah. like, if they're playing a crappy four three with their four man instead of Mega Soaring, yeah, I think you're pretty happy about that. All <laughs> right, that's what we're gonna have to do then. Everybody listening, run some Blood Knights. Tell me how you do. <laughs> we'll see some screenshots about. I, I suspect it is a little better, but but you would think that 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 innovation would have happened though. Like, I'm going to try it tonight. Now that yeah. we're talking about it, I'll give it a test yeah. and come back with some results because, you know, all that matters is results. Dude, it's, it's these three drops that we've been dreaming about as Paladin players getting good. Steward of Darkshire being one of them. Blood Knight being one of them. If we could bring back Sword of Justice, then, man, it'd be totally old school again. <laughs> Who would probably be cutting Aldor from a mid-range deck, man? What year is this? I know, right? That's, that's crazy. It's definitely crazy. Um, okay, well, why don't we uh, kind of move on? Hopefully you guys will check it out. And, and, and again, if you guys are looking for a deck that's going to be top tier and cheap, this is the deck to play. Uh, definitely uh, go to you know HS Replay, look up. I mean, it's the number one Silverhand Paladin deck, which is Dan's deck, basically. <laughs> um, all right, so we've got a, a topic this week, which is um, the Evergreen set. I know, Gara, you wanted to um, talk a little bit about it. Why don't you kind of lead us into this discussion? 
I mean, I, I have like all sorts of different spreadsheets that I like always like re rework on whenever a rotation happens, Hall of Fame happens, patches happen, all that stuff. And like um, a couple of months ago, I, I did like a um, power level of the classic set or basic cards. And there's like a huge difference between, for example, Mage is the, has the strongest base cards, basic cards, and Priest has by far the worst. And this is a huge pro problem with every standard rotation, with every expansion. Like you have to give priests significantly more powerful cards than mage, for instance, to have like a balance, and that's just wrong. And now another problem that we see more happening with every expansion is the power creep, that basic minions are getting weaker and weaker as well with every new expansion compared to spells yeah. because spells are more flexible. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, or like also secrets. For example, just as an example, like the hunter secrets, like snake trap, snipe, they get weaker and weaker with the expansion. And the mage secrets, like counter spell and spellbender, they're more flexible. Like they're they're always kind of good because you just counter a spell. Yeah, they're more they're diverse. Yeah. yeah, they can be used in many ways. Yeah, right. and that's I think it's becoming more and more of a problem, especially when cards like High Men are like the primary win condition of Hunter in so many decks for so many years, and High Men gets weaker and weaker as a minion just because of the natural power creep. And I think we are at a point where we really have to get a core set or like some balancing with the basic cards. Okay. Um, I mean, this is something that's like a reoccurring discussion, right? Like just, just changing basic classic. I mean, course that is, is definitely a method of, of, you know, trying to execute something like that. Um, but I, I guess maybe getting to your point where you're kind of like seeing the power level of, of the base cards right now, you know, for each of the set. And, and I, I agree with you. I think the mage ones are obviously really good. And, and I would say in priests obviously is bad too. I would say even like paladin, some of paladins are, are not, not the greatest either. Um, so I guess maybe let's dig into that a little bit. Like balancing out the class cards, you know, the basic and classic set. Um, yeah, I mean, wh why do we think the the cards A are, are um, you know, like why is this, like, let's just use priests as an example. Why are those base cards so weak? You know, like is there an attribute about it that's so weak? Um, and then like, you know, what can we really do? Like should we add more minions? Should we... You know, like, um, I'll throw out, I'll just kind of lead the discussion. I think with some of the priest cards, um, they're very one-dimensional, you know, and these days, like, if you don't have a card that can do multiple things or synergize multiply, you know, if it is a one-dimensional card, it has to synergize with with how you build your deck, um, then it's not, probably not good, you know, and, and I think priest has a, a lot of those type of cards. Uh, and that that could be a symptom of it. There's a lot of spells too in, in priests. There's just not a lot of minions, right? That you can just throw down and, and build off of. Um, but Ant, what what do you think? What do you think is like some symptomatic things um, of the the classes that are weak from a classic and basic standpoint? I don't know. Like it feels like it feels like kind of kind of went in first of, as like. Uh more of a flavor thing. Like, they want to get the feel of Priest more than they want to, like, actually balance the cards. Mm, yeah. And, then, like, now, now now we kind of can, like, get to this time where, like, the we, we see that the Mage cards are, like, by far, like, better than the, the Priest cards and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I think in general, like, probably, like, the base set, like, should be less powerful. But, like, in just in general, right? Because, like, I feel like there was a long time where, like, expansion would come out and, like, we'd only, we'd have, like, 
20, 20 like basic or classic cards and yep. just, like, a couple cards from the that's expansion. Right. And, like, I'm I'm like a little bit happier that it's, it's getting a little bit further from that where like yeah. an expansion actually impacts the meta and like how you build your decks and stuff and it's not just like twenty classic cards and uh uh like basic cards and stuff. That's um, true. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I I did forget that we used to have rag and you know, Zavonis yeah. and all every literally these neutral cards in every single deck, so we really didn't have any new cards. Yeah, I to- that, that how how time yeah. flies. <laughs> yeah, we're totally opposite <laughs> now. Okay, so I guess you like it. I mean, you kind of like, I guess, the way it is right now, where the maybe some of some yeah. of the cards and some of the 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 uh, classes are still strong, but it's okay if like the majority of them are weak. I guess. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I think like I mean, it'd be it'd make the game more interesting if we had like a core set or something like that, or just like different uh, classic cards or basic cards coming in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I understand why. Like maybe they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Dan. What do you? What about you? You think um, we're in a good spot right now with just the basic classic set? No, uh, I think <laughs> okay. that, I mean, there's. I can point to two cards. I mean, without going in, on and on about Mage, because I can say a lot about Mage, but um, Fiery Warax and Innervate. If that doesn't tell you that there's a problem with the basic set, then I don't know what does. Those cards were universally played in every single Druid and Warrior deck since the beginning of time and the problem is just because there's nothing better than them in their pre-nerved state and uh there's nothing better than what they did and um the problem is is that those cards exist in the evergreen set and uh i always point to mage's example as long as the three cards mana worm frostbolt and fireball those three cards <laughs> as long as those cards exist in standard yeah. there will be some kind of tempo mage shell somebody's going to be playing it it might be me it might be apx i don't know somebody's going to be playing it yeah it's it's one of these things where I, I think that um, accessibility, you know, like starters, you know, like g- players that are just starting the game, you know, they want them to have a pretty good experience too. And, and I think that has a lot to do with the basic set. And um, I, I feel like the issue that we might have just overall might have to do a little bit with how the ladder is structured. You know, it's just not, mm. I still say it's not, the, the, the width of it is still not big enough where you can literally have these guys playing with bait, like really crappy basic cards, you know, playing against each other. And it's like a great, great type of, you know, matchmaking. And, and, you know, they're having a good experience right now. You know, it, it's still pretty shallow, even though we did add some more stars and stuff that, you know, you're having to give, um, you're still having to put a lot of power into the basic set so that they can have that good experience. You know, fireball and frostbolt. I don't know. Those things should just be like legacy. Like it, it's pretty hard to imagine mage without fireball. And, and Frostbolt, just even thematically, right? Because they're supposed to be a, you know, a spell class and a, you know, and a, a, a direct damage blasting type of class, too. Um, but I, I think that, that has a lot to do with it, too. I think that there's just not this place where we can literally have newbies just playing against each other with weak cards. Uh, so we, there's a little bit of conflict there. If we could like fix that, then I think just having the basic set be just generally weaker which i think would bring down the power level of the game altogether you know just just having a, a you know that that kind of core set or whatever you want to call it just be a, a bit weaker and that's not bad that's actually not a bad thing for hearthstone i i think that would be fine too you know um i don't think we can balance it i, I think that and you had a, a good point about the thematic aspect of it i think they just you know there's a i think that plays a big role into some of these basic cards you know, like heal, like priests will always be buffing and healing, right? And that has to be part of, uh, of the core type of card set. Um, but yeah, so Gar, what do you what do you think we should do? I mean, we should have a core set that 
I think it's just very outdated. Like they, it was impossible to look so many far uh, years ahead at that time when yeah. they designed the game. I think also they didn't think about it too much. You know, mm-hmm. oh, we want this evergreen set that will be like good in four years from now mm-hmm. because they were like worried about getting the game out and whatever. I think it's just outdated. It's, for example, cuts like Lightning Storm really annoy me the most. Like Lightning Storm is really bad. But whenever you build a shaman deck, like even a mid-range shaman deck, like an aggro shaman, you want to play like a free mana bot clear card and Lightning Storm is just too weak. Like Overlord feels just too weak right now because everyone does like yeah. broken things on curve. Like if sh- if you would remove Overlord from Shaman right now with the existing cards, it would probably Shaman wouldn't like, even it'd be, be okay. just be equally like average. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like if I face a Shaman, you got a deal eight like, minion with no Overlord. Ooh, that sounds good to me. Sign me up. If Smash a void board. And if they play like a J close on turn five, right? And then on turn six, I'm like, okay, they could go double gangsta evolve, and then they're like overloaded for one, and I'm like, man, Shaman sucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you feel I feel bad for them. No, it, it's true though. Like when you have a major theme like overload that you know originally started out, out as a way for you to you know kind of pay later, right? Like um, mm-hmm. have a delayed type of payment um, mechanism to it. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. So yes, things are definitely outdated, and I think it's it's a matter of will they ever just replace stuff? You know, like. We've never had no. an actual replacement of a, a card in basic or classic. We've only or, or never buffed. We've we've never changed. Yeah, we, we haven't even buffed. That's that's a good point too. Yeah, that's true. It's never had a buff. <laughs> that's crazy I don't to know. say. We, we, never... we, we're actually going to three. Let let us play Calisthenics. I don't know. That might be a buff. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Indirect buff. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I think it's it's definitely still a conversation worth having. They. They probably have it from time to time, also, but they're they're mm. clearly against it. Though we would have done yeah. this a long time ago. There's just no way that they wouldn't have already, you know, considered trying it. Um, there, there might be like the familiarity aspect. Familiar, uh, I can't say the word familiarity, like aspect too, where like if somebody wants to like leave the game and then come back and they still like know some of the cards um, that are in the game and like they still have this core set or classic deck to come back to. But I feel like if there was like just like core sets or like just Something where like you can have reprints, so like they would come back and they're like, "Oh, okay, this card's still in the game." But there's also a bunch of new cards that can kind of maybe like um, help that, you know? Maybe maybe do that. Like there's still like there's still cards they recognize in the game while also adding new cards. Yeah, I mean, it could be one of these things where the core set, um, you know, I mean, I mean it's kind of out there, really out there. And uh, but what if the core set was just free? You know, and yeah. and then we were, you know, basically would monetize all new expansions and new, you know, releases and things like that. Um, I mean, the game's been out for how many years now? I mean, uh, like StarCraft is free now. You know what I mean? Like we're mm-hmm. we, we definitely get to the point where, um, you know, there's just so much new content that's been, you know, been building upon itself over the years that why not, right? Why not just give that that course set out for free and get some yeah. more people to play the game? Yeah. Um, okay, well, um, yeah, if you guys uh, don't have too much more to say about it, why don't we move on? And I want to take some time to give some shout-outs to the folks that support the show. Of course, uh, the, uh, it's going to be the patrons that always, uh, you know, are always uh, writing in to us or, you know, just, just supporting each and every week for each of the episodes that we do. So we want to take some time just to give a shout-out to them. So uh, for Mike T and Go Tricks 2, 
our legendary producers. Thank you so much, guys. And then uh, a few of the others, Devin Y, Engine S, Raydan, Andrew R, Cameron M, Paul H, Vincent, Vincent G, Jack O, David H, David F, and Andrew C. Thanks so much, guys. And if you want to support the show, help us keep doing the show, go to um, patreon.com slash valuetown and make a pledge today because anything will help us out, you know, help us kind of you know, pay the bills and all that good stuff. So uh, really, really appreciate it if you do. And of course, we are obviously, you know, under the, you know, HS Replay umbrella too. So go and check out hsreplay.net and become a better player. Find, you know, just some of these awesome decks that, that we've talked about on the show and just find out all the stats on them right now. And we actually have another feature too that shows the streamers that are playing it that, that will, um, you know, kind of help you even learn how to play it. Just watch guys like Ant and Gara here, you know, playing. That's <laughs> definitely awesome. Uh, okay, well, we've got a couple cards for Mechatorks this week. And for those of you wondering what Mechatorks uh, Workshop is, it's the uh, segment, segment that we do where people submit like a custom card just to kind of throw out some ideas that, that might be uh, cool for Blizzard to maybe consider. And we've got Hellhound, who is uh, somebody in the uh, Hearts or Hearthstone HS Replay community that that always makes a bunch of custom cards. Yeah, he, he had one here that's a uh, it looks looks like a, a neutral card that's five mana zero nine arcane treasure epic. At the end of each turn, deal two damage to this minion and add two random spells to your hand. So um, probably guaranteed two spells, right? If you play it, and then go down to a zero seven. What do you think about this? This is literally like a card that has zero tempo <laughs> aspects to it. It's just uh, like, like whenever it takes damage, it's like just deal two and then you get two. Uh, I think uh, it's at the end of the turn you get two. Yeah, so it deals two and you get oh, two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think it says two damage when, like, like oh, two random okay, cards okay. when you get damage. Yeah, so it has to live, basically. Uh, so you're only guaranteed two, right? When you play it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of nice because it incentivizes your opponent to attack into it to deny you value, and it can gain you life in that regard. And maybe right. the two spells you get are, are good, but uh, I don't know. I mean, from a competitive standpoint, I've never had great experience with add random spells to my hand. Uh, just that's uh, why you haven't like, played Cabal. Uh, I mean, come on. What do you mean? It doesn't say mage spells, though. It God. just spells. Dude, I just realized that's true. It's not not class spells. That's that's a good point. I assume you have like a thirty percent higher chance to get class spells. Probably, if it's consistent with everything else, you you would have a higher chance of getting class spells. This just seems strictly better than Kabbalist Tome. I think so too. It's like a heal too, like like you were saying, Dan. And yeah, I mean, they have to do seven damage to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like if you get it to one health, you're still drawing two cards. Like it's just just negative one health. Mm -hmm. And then you know if you if you uh. Divine Spirit Inner Fire, you just win the game anyways. I mean, it's like... <laughs> right? You get Divine Spirit yeah. and Inner Fire from yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine that? <laughs> that would be epic. Oh, oh yeah, and Priest, you just buffed HP and then it stays alive. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, I, I take two go. Divine Spirit, that'd be great too. Priest, your power, two mana, add random spells to your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's called Arcane Treasure, so it was probably meant to be more from a a mage standpoint and so if you you do directly compare it to cabal's tome it, it's as better but mm -hmm. um yeah that's it's, it's interesting i, I kind of like i mean these end of of each turn type of cards they're a little bit dangerous you know because we have uh, yeah. we have the draconite the Drakari um enchanter where you can actually you know it can actually trigger twice um <laughs> which which we saw some craziness with the recruit warrior remember early on when the expansion came out people 
uh, I think it was Tice at, at Seat Story did the Drakari yeah. Enchanter with the um, Master Oakheart. Yeah, Master Oakheart into the dragon. Oh man, that was, those are dreams. You yeah. can get this from Meat Wagon. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh no, we're starting the memes again. That's true. There you go, powering yeah. it out. That's right. That's right. Where that could do some sick things. Okay, well, that's a cool card. Thanks, Hellhound, for that. And then we got another card here that is a indeed a mage. Ooh, it's a cool picture. Uh, a mage card. It's uh, from Raydan. Seven mana, seven five, legend, Echo of Jaina. Each time you cast a spell, cast a copy of that spell with the same target. <laughs> oh, my God. So if you fireball the face, you fireball twice to the face. No, oh, wow. If this thing lives. Hey, you can 30 someone if this lives one turn, man. You can double ball bolt and boom, that's yeah, 30 that's right, right that's there, man. That's right, man. double ball boom. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is, I think this needs to be statted a lot less, uh, I would just statted down yeah. quite a bit. Like, I don't know. I think it's very low health for seven mana, and I think it's very difficult to combo multiple cards with this in the same yeah. turn. So it leaves your opponent with a window to actually react to the card and deal with it. And uh, I think that, like, I mean, I I think it's definitely not like as crazy on the surface as it looks, but um, like it, it's definitely a fun, cool card. I compare it to Antonidas. What what are we looking at? Five seven versus seven five. Oh, well, I mean, seven thank, health thank, is thank, a big difference. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. But which one's better? I mean, this one you can literally end end them in turn. Where the Antonidas outside of quest is really not supposed to be like that, right? It's it's more of like a multi turn finish with Antonidas. I mean, if you if you yeah. play this if you play this with Frost Nova and it survives on ten. Yeah, that's very You'd probably win. That's yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you can OTK. I think you would play it as a staple card in Freeze Mage. I think it would if be it survives, super you win good. the game. Yeah, because huh. even even just one fireball in, in a frostbolt that's eighteen damage. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the standard combo is double fireball frostbolt, which would be thirty. Yeah, but even I'm, I'm just talking oh, about double, other derivatives. Other derivatives. Right? Oh wow! Yeah, other, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of different like damage outputs you can do. So, yeah, this card is. That's why I said this card needs to be more killable than it is. Um, <laughs> you meet your something you for thirty. You can finally you can finally kill an inner fire priest minion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay, pretty interesting card. I I think the parallel is insane, and mm. I don't know, man. Blizzard seems. I, I don't think you can make this card cheaper, though. Like you you mentioned, maybe no, not cheaper, cheaper, weaker, like health, uh, health wise. Oh uh, no, like, no, no. If you if you play it in wild with like an emperor, right? You can like play this fireball and frostbolt in the same turn for fifteen. <laughs> or no, it's not. It's more than fifteen. What am I talking? <laughs> Dude, let's put Lance. Oh my god, you put Lance in. Oh man, that's getting that's crazy. Oh my, oh yeah. my god, yeah, oh my you, could, you could get insane, insane, like, like 40 or 50 or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's the old school man. Old school freeze mage combos would be doubled basically. That's mm. crazy. Mana cheat is good, yeah, 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 it seems, yeah. seems to be. Yeah, it's, it's another form of mana cheat, such a strong theme. Okay, uh, let's see. Next up, we've got... Um, oh, I think, Gar, you want to talk about just kind of like tournaments, right? Because we got, we've got we got HCT Sydney coming up here. Um, I think this weekend, right? Is it this weekend? Uh, it's either this weekend or next. We have to look again. But um, Also, right. something that... Something I, I forgot to mention is like the whole hype aspect. Not just the um, 
HCT, the tournament thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they could do a way better job at hyping up things, especially the, the finals. I think um, the two ones that happened, uh, the the finals of the, the, the German one, mm-hmm. the ACT one and the Copa America, I think the, there was like no hype whatsoever around the finals. I don't know how many viewers it got. Mm, I, I actually, yeah. I completely missed the, the, the America one. Like it wasn't like promoted anywhere. Like zero high, basically. Also, yeah. uh, the the pack giveaway happened a week ago. Pack like the free class. Yeah, we have winners for that, and absolutely like no mention whatsoever. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, I didn't even know that either. <laughs> like, happened, like, that happened already? A week ago. No way. This, I don't this, believe it. Who won? Who won? No way, Jose. Did like there was a huge there was a huge Reddit post uh, uh, outrage today. Like like how anti hype that is. Like nobody even knows. You know? Like you guys don't know. <laughs> Like, I the, didn't know like this, huge, yeah. this huge build up to wow, I got three thousand packs. It's it's been a week since the the, the final like wow. that happened. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy that none of you know that. That yeah, makes I, it I even, like even, more anti yeah, <laughs> Well, that's that's what I mean. Sometimes with with you know what Blizzard does that they they have these like awesome initiatives, you know, and they kind of start off, you know, with like like it starts off really good, but it's just there's no finish to it. You know, and I think this is another one. It's like that's an awesome yeah. idea doing the pack giveaway, but then there's just no finish. Like there's no like you have to actually do it right, even in announcing it and you know, like trying to make a big deal out of it, right? Um and it's a very common thing. Like we see it happening a lot, you know, and, and I just I think they need to work on that. They absolutely need to mm-hmm. to try to you know, like complete the execution of, of these these things that these awesome ideas that they have. Uh, so yeah, I didn't even know about that. That's crazy. But congrats to that guy that won. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. And the money too. Wow. Yeah. Hey, look at the bright that was such side, a right? huge thing. <laughs> if you look at the bright side, the guy who won doesn't have his third cousin's uncle's dog asking him for twenty packs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, you know what they need to do is they need to do you know dogs playing Hearthstone like like Overwatch did with the puppy thing. Uh, you know. If, oh my god. <laughs> they can figure that out. That'd be. Do you know why I actually did that? I had a play the other day, and I it was like a I was deciding between two lines, and I couldn't figure out which was better. So I asked my dog to give me a paw, and whichever one she gave me is the play I chose. <laughs> That's right. Oh wait, so somebody in chat said they haven't announced the winners yet. So are you sure about oh, that? Oh okay. Uh, but no, but. Uh, it ended a week ago. Oh, like this whole, oh, the whole it contest. ended a week ago. Yeah, that's oh. different, dude. That's like, that's different than like announcing the. Week. I thought you had, like, but, had but, winners and everything already. Yeah, but they, yeah. they didn't. They, but there's no information about that. Like when they're gonna pull the like. It should have happened a week ago. Like it's well, that's maybe, what Blizzard does. Maybe they're about to. I don't know. Maybe they're about to announce something. I don't. You know. Maybe. A, yeah, it's maybe gonna be some big ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Oh, but that's that's what I mean. If like Blizzard like hyping things up and then anti-hyping, it's kind of like doing an announcement of an announcement a month before anything happens. It's like they're so bad at doing that. It's the same with these offline finals. You know, it feels like you don't hear about it anywhere, right? Like I. Like, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I I agree. Like some of these, you know, like Copa, for instance, or you know, um, just some of the, the these other tournaments. They, I don't know. It just it would be nice. I, I maybe they were were they using the main social account to promote some of these HTT stops? Um, I think it was probably like esports, HS esports or whatever. Esports. Okay. Yeah. Um, they could probably use Play Hearthstone for that. Uh, you know, just to to try to yeah. get some more eyes on it because. Yeah, so it's good for the game, you know, like like to kind of get these. More yeah, I think they're gonna have to like, 
it seems like they're kind of trying to build like HSC Sports by itself, mm-hmm. but with like no help. But uh, I like I think they just need to help it like get up there. So uh, yeah, there can be more of these like hype things, right? There's not like almost nobody seeing them. Yeah, it's it's kind of a waste of effort at times, you know. If if nobody, I feel like this. I I personally feel like there's more hype around these qualifiers than the actual offline event right now. Really? Because yeah, everyone probably. wants to play the qualifier, like well, that, that wants to see has, how people do. That has a lot to do with just everybody is in the qualifiers too and talking about it. You know, like once you get to the tournament itself, it could be a bunch of people people don't know. Uh, that's not completely the case because yeah. I know there have been you know at least a few big name players in some of these these tournaments, but. Um, yeah, they still need to figure out how to make. I mean, if they're if they're Stuart, if their tour sh- stops, they should be considered major events. I mean, otherwise, we literally don't mm-hmm. have any major events in, in the community except for the like the right playoffs. now. It's incomparable to DreamHack, for instance, like a, like the hype around the DreamHack. Yeah, compared to a tour stop, but it's it's on the same level in theory, right? Or even higher. I mean, to be honest, some of the DreamHacks get no hype, like the DreamHack in Germany or whatever, like. Nobody watched that, right? But if you if you talk about like DreamHack Austin or yeah, the or big ones, Winter, yeah, I mean definitely those are hyped up way more. Um, so I I agree. I, I think that they should do more. Like I, I bet HTT Sydney will probably be hyped up. I mean you've got like Frodan casting it and and on which um, Twitch uh, on which Twitch is it even broadcasted? Like for example the Copa <laughs> American one. I have no idea. I literally have no idea. <laughs> I'm not Enter, sure either. Was it on, was it on the Play Hearthstone one? No, not really, no, right? I, because the uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, Play Hearthstone. No, nah, it was like on the Copa. There's like a Copa one, I think. Yeah, that they Copa. did it on. Yeah, because like the Germany one, they did on Take TV. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I heard about that one because it was on the Take TV stream. But if you think about it, if they only tweet about it on the like Hearthstone replay, not even on the Play Hearthstone Twitter account, on just the esports account, and then. The, the actual uh, stream is on, like on a Copa Twitch, which nobody follows. Like it's so hard to find these events, and there's no official calendar, like you said. Yeah, that's like, the not for the offline. Yeah, I mean, the, the, all of it is missing. The closest thing that we have is the the subreddit, right? Has the calendar on the side, you know, just yeah. just events, and that's all they have nowadays on that that calendar. It's like only events, and you know, for here yeah. and there, there's like a one-off, you know, type of things. But um, that's about the only way to know, and you know, it's it's kind of tough, like. It'd be nice if we could spotlight these a little bit more, right? Like, and, yeah. I mean, if they we, we need to put it on the on the client. Like, why haven't we done any of that stuff? Like, look what look what Overwatch is doing with Overwatch League. I mean, it's, that's like incredible. And if we could just do a tenth of that, you know, like just <laughs> I'd just take you know at least a link, a little link that says that hey, there's an, a Hearthstone tournament going on right now, like on the client. That'd be cool. Yeah. Imagine yeah. we had that in Hearthstone. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, like so they can push a notification when Creeper gets nerfed. They can push me a notification when an <laughs> ATT right. event is live. Like right. seriously, what you guys are talking yeah. about is why I don't actually watch competitive Hearthstone. It's like it's like I have to jump through loops and heaps and bounds to find the actual tournament I'm trying to watch. And like it's not really publicized enough. And I feel like they could be I agree. I think that a calendar would be a huge step in the right direction. I mean, if you guys yeah. only knew like what it was like for me to do plan these shows when I like miss the matches, you know, like miss some you know event or whatever for the week, it is so hard <laughs> to find like match results and you know like. Do you the think they should all be like yeah. on the Play Hearthstone channel? Um, I mean, if it it'd be nice if like HCT major major stops are, but clearly they're working with other event organizers, right, to do it. So uh-huh. you know. 
if it's not on the play Hearthstone channel, at least use the play Hearthstone channel to, to um, promote them. Right. Like, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I, like I would host them or something, some, something. Right. Um, but I, I feel like there still is the separation between other yeah. event organizers that, but the brand is on it. You know what I mean? Like the brand is actually on these events. So, you know, I, I feel like the partnership should probably be a little bit, it's like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm looking at the Wikipedia. It says sponsored by Hearthstone and it's like, you know, the organizers blizzard. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, so I guess HTT Sydney is the one I'm looking at. I guess probably will be on uh, either play Hearthstone or take TV. I'm not sure which one it will be on, but, um, that's happening this weekend, mm-hmm. by the way. So it is in fact this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming none of you guys are going. <laughs> <laughs> no you guys will probably be there already i think yeah if you were, <laughs> uh, yeah it, that was a offline qualifier or online qualifier to offline like event the, the next month's gonna have like the the lens i okay. think there's three lens next month oh awesome so what's the next one for you uh egx in toronto nice when when is that like uh, uh it should be the 9th through the 11th i want to oh, okay. say oh wow okay so two weeks so, yeah, yeah. Rebecca is going to that one. I was talking to him about that the other day. Who? Oh, Rebecca. He's in a play group with like Rebecca. purple and orange, a bunch oh, of those okay. guys. Nice. Yeah, and then after that, there's like there's like HCT Bangkok, which is another land that I, I know like a bunch of um, pros are going to, and then there's also uh, Oslo, right? Oslo. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Those are the three next month. Yeah, Gar. How about you? Are you which one are you planning on going going to? Actually, I don't know yet. I want to get first settled. It's too stressful for me right now. I'm kind of happy that there's nothing this month. And then I go from like yeah. from there like next month. I'm focusing really on getting top 20 that I finish every month mm-hmm. and focus on preliminaries. I just traveled so much in the last four years. It's like, I, I don't feel like too bad. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm missing out yeah. if I don't go to these pro tour stops. It's I just know how it goes, especially with the dream hacks. Just the competition is so high. The chance is so small that you actually get into top 16. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's awesome if you get to go, but it's like, you know, it's awesome if you get a ladder finish. Yeah. That's it's, good enough. For yeah. me right you can, you know, that's the nice thing about how the structure it's structured is that you can take different approaches to it. You can either try and travel a bunch and, or you do the combination of ladder and stops, or you can just do ladder if you, you know, it can do super well every month or, you can try to do all stops, which would be pretty amazing too. <laughs> Probably expensive, but pretty amazing too. Uh, so it's nice that you have that that choice at least. Uh, I think it will be greater next month. I think I will go f- to way more events again starting next month when you have to ladder less. Right now, I really feel like this pressure yeah. of just I have to play so much. Yeah, ladder. makes sense. Around two thousand games, as I said last time. <laughs> oh God, it's nuts, man. Uh, okay, well, why don't we do some Q and A here? We got a question from Ahmed. Does Hunter overperform in the beginning of meta while Rogue takes his time to figure out its best deck? Okay, so I guess they're comparing Hunter and Rogue. Um, does Hunter overperform? So maybe he's referencing to Spell Hunter doing well, you know, in that little window. Uh, the last you know week or two, and then it's gotten a lot worse recently. I think uh, is Rogue playable right now? Ro- uh, I mean, weapon like a Kingsbane Rogue is good, but besides that, like, I think if Miracle Rogue is okay too. Colento uh, earlier was on top twenty legend with Miracle Rogue. Yeah, he always somehow does it. It's amazing, <laughs> yeah, I don't dude. know. Is, 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 does it have like the spiders and everything, or like what? I think so. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's just a, like your standard. It's like a standard miracle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just, just 
<laughs> just standard. Yeah. Just call into the email group. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, I, I think I think maybe generally speaking, like hunters are very easy to figure out in the beginning because there's just not yep. much dynamic to yeah. that class. It's so be that's tempo. true for like yeah. all aggro slash tempo decks. They're, yeah. they're just easier to build. Also, like in the beginning of a new season, those decks tend to do better than like control yeah. decks just because you can build them easier. Yeah. Also, like spell hunter, like recently. Uh, it was like so, just so good for a while, just because like nobody knew what you were doing, right? Everyone thought you were gonna play like Alley Cat and the like Razor Maw, <laughs> and yeah. uh, you played Barnes on four and hit him with the ten ten the next turn. Like, I think once people started figuring that out, like they, it kind of made it a little bit worse. Yeah, like I should hold my Shadow Word Death off the Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy after that. Um, yeah, so in Rogue, just there's a lot more cool things you can do with rogue right like um in terms of comboing and and um you know just very interesting plays generally with rogue mm -hmm. so it's it's a cooler it's a much more interesting class so therefore it's it's uh it takes a little bit longer to figure out uh we do got a couple questions in the chat one for you dan from gonzola when are you going to get back to building fun tempo mage cards cards when they or print decks? fun waker and standard <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's so fun <laughs> shoot him in the face basically <laughs> oh man you might get your wish in, in, a, in a month's time now <laughs> hey APX Void is playing Fungomancer in Secret Mage I think that's freaking awesome oh, yeah. I totally recommend it wait wait you joking or I've actually seen it too no I've seen yeah, it no I'm not serious I, I, actually I, mean, I haven't played cool. it yeah. but like using that on mirror image seems like really appealing to me <laughs> I don't know I I played a deck I lost a couple of games in a row I'm like alright APX is the mage god I'll never question him on anything mage <laughs> yeah, be, he's so much Man, better than me at mage dude him and Frozen are like the only two players I've seen play that deck better than me yeah APX is like on a whole different level man he's mad good yeah it's it's kind of <laughs> like a lot of people think that you know those decks are super easy to play but then when you watch the top tier players play it they they just eke out wins man and it's like damn dude i totally i can totally do that and then i like go and play and it's no nothing like that <laughs> uh, shine x blazer asks for uh, gara when are you going to make the next meta breaker shaman deck he was trying last week he's trying you know, Shaman is a weird class. Man, Shaman just has so much RNG in it. Like, all these cards, like, yeah. as I mentioned before, Devolve, Lightning Storm, like, uh, the Death Knight, like, so many different RNG, also what the opponent plays, right? All these yeah. different cards have such a huge impact on the game. It feels like one day I go, like, 70, 80% win rate of Shaman, then the next day I go drop to 30% with the exact same deck, the same, exact same meta, and I have no idea what is what is going wrong. It's just this small. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, it's Shaman is just in such a weird spot. It's just yeah. I think it's just the power level, right? The overall power level of the class is just the other classes are. Shaman doesn't have the Atiash, the Skull of Manari, the, the the one card that just wins you the game if you draw it, like Jaina. Shaman just needs that card. Yeah, but they girl, can. They have I, I think it's. Men. I think it's possible. I think it's possible for them to fix a lot of things with just one expansion. It's just, you know, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see if they end up pulling the trigger on it because, um, you know, it's gotten the doghouse treatment and it, yeah. it, it actually needs to to get out of that doghouse now. <laughs> it's like a cycle, well, man. 
we have the free shaman expansion which is going to be here for a while like kind of a <laughs> kind of weighing it down yeah yeah totally uh let's grumble can't ever work then no that's not true I saw. Yeah, um, I was just about. I was trying to bring that playing, up, but there's this list, right? That's playing like a bunch of jades and grumble. Yeah, yeah. Fresh, Fresh has this, an awesome performing. list. It's fun. It's actually really fun. I think yeah. like Blizzard is getting better posted, too. With it, I think. Yeah, Blizzard posted like those four niche decks with high win oh. rates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? This? That shaman deck was actually the one of the better decks of those decks they posted. Yeah, it, 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 it was pretty. Decent. You sure he wasn't just having one of those seventy percent days you're telling us about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, that happened to me the first day. I was like, wow, it's crazy good, and the next day it was kind of garbage. Yeah, it's like crazy bad. <laughs> it it's only fifty percent now. It could be shaman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's a lot of fun when you can play. I mean, shaman's one of the, the like right now the the powerful cards, the good cards, are the ones that require you to actually be able to have a board if you can have a board you can do silly stuff with the shaman cards but you have to be able to get bored and that's the problem you can't get bored right now very like if you, know, you draw jclos into uh jade lighting every single game then shaman is pretty decent yeah but yeah. it doesn't yeah. happen like if you don't draw these cards shaman is pretty bad yeah okay last Those question two cards we're losing too i know right <laughs> it's it's kind of bad okay last question we'll give Gonzalo one more follow up here He's, he says um, you know talking about the Evergreen set like we were earlier which card do you think were super good at their time but would only be average if we were to put them in the standard now I, I've done this exercise before yeah I, Ancient I, of Lore Ancient of Lore because they have Ultimate Infestation right now Ancient I don't know Ancient of Lore do you still play it with Infestation it wouldn't be average though it would be good it still would be good right no, you would not play it. Wait, yeah, you just have really? infestation. Oh, you mean you not have Malfurion oh, okay. into Yeah, I'm looking at it from kind of vacuum, but yeah, in, in the grand scheme. Oh, in the vacuum. The the druid cards themselves right now, sure. Um, or would you? I don't know. Like, would you need infestation if you could just draw some cards quicker and put some tempo on the board faster? A control <laughs> druid would definitely want infestation. No, no question, right? I was actually thinking about Lepanum lately. Like if that was pre-nerf, would you play it in any deck? Um, I don't the know two. if it's pre-nerf as much. Wait, um, is it asking about pre-nerf? Um, well, yeah, okay, maybe it's either Hall of Fame. Old. Yeah, maybe Hall of Fame or pre-nerf. Let's just look at that. Okay, he's um, kind of Hall of Fame right now, yeah, Loki. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think so, some cards to look at would be like Totem Golem or Tunnel Trog. Like these are obviously cards that defined a, a the Shaman mm. era. How do they compare now? I would still play Totem Golem. Yeah. And which text would you play as Ludric, though? I'll tell you why. I was looking at the two drops in standard at the moment when I was building the Dude Pout, and I'm like, come on, there's got to be something better than Direwolf. And, you know, when you're coming up with things like Lorewalker Cho and Millhouse <laughs> Man of Storm, yeah. uh, I, I would take Totem Golem 100% of the time back. Yeah, Shaman needs Totem Golem. Yeah, yeah. Totem Golem will still be good. Um, but, you know, you, you take the overload, though, right? So, it, it, you know, I think that would... I don't know if it would be super good, as good as it was, but it would... With the power it's, level... It it's is something right now, the like, class so, needs. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like the one drop for Hunter. Like, Hunter is not broken because they have Diamond. Just Hunter needs Diamond. Yeah. It's yeah. the same with Shaman. Shaman needs a good Totem. Yeah. Like, you can't play okay. Thing from Below because the Totems suck. 
like you can't play shaman like you only have j clause you don't have another good yeah if shaman has totem golem it's not broken obviously it's because it has overload it's just shaman is probably playable then <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a huge yeah, difference really like, there's a totem golem before trog and like it wasn't played yeah, that's what, exactly what I was about to say. It's like before Trog existed, the card never saw any play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see, another card. I would say um, Tuscar Totemic. I, I don't, I don't yeah. you know, you know, pre-nerf? Like, well, yeah, you, I mean, with you, no totem golems and stuff anymore, right? Yeah, I, I think like with the current set of, of totems, I think Tuscar Totemic would be yeah. fine, actually. Um, that's another I think one. Darn said earlier was uh, Azure Drake. Like, where would it actually get played right now? Oh, that's a good point. I I'm not sure. Right, only so. Dragon Priest because that because yeah. yeah. Is it even that good in Dragon? <laughs> I was gonna say, is it even that good? I don't. Know. Yeah, probably not because of variety. I mean, it's the spell damage doesn't, doesn't even cut. matter. Like, you don't need like, <laughs> yeah. extra spell damage on Dragonfire. So yeah, but it was very important to to put it in Hall of Fame because. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, if what, not, what Druid Rag? would play it for all of eternity, and then, and then what would happen then? Yeah. What about Rag? Rag's not strong anymore, right? Dude, no, I would still play Rag. Yeah. Yeah, Rag's really good. Like, yeah. I guess in a even in Zoot, probably so Rag and Silvanas deserve to go, in my opinion. Those oh, cards God. are bogging down. Yeah. Rag and Big Priest. Oh, I, I, my I, dreams, I, man. <laughs> oh my God. I, it, no, it's also like getting. <laughs> Getting him from random outcomes, right? Like spiteful summoner. Imagine. Oh my god, you're right. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> yes, dude. Okay, that's not what he was asking. He was asking. Like <laughs> you're only but average insane. right now. Average. Yeah, yeah. You just evolved into that. Broken cards are still broken, basically. <laughs> a yeah. lot of them. A lot of them are still broken because of how ridiculous. Like Undertaker would still be way broken. So. <laughs> what about still overwhelming? I'm playing double breaker. Power overwhelming. Uh. Oh, power overwhelming. I mean, it's still good. I mean, it'd yeah, be really good sure in cube block, right? Like, yeah, not cube. Oh, yeah, or, cube, yeah, cube. cube, yeah, for sure. And then in, in, in zoo or demon, whatever, it's still good. Yeah, that Would people play pilot and shredder right now. In... Probably, probably, right? Uh... Probably, yeah. Sylvanas so is the one that I'm thinking of, like, because everyone just plays double breaker. Yeah, you I guess play, we have, wait, you play pilot, yeah, for sure. You you still have a dark pack, so you can go like Sylvanas dark pack. Oh yeah, uh, Sylvanas for sure is not, is still powerful. Like not even uh, not even a question. It it reminds me of Doctor Boom when when Bome was in the game for seven mana. Everyone was laughing about Doctor Boom. Nobody would play Doctor Boom, but right now I think a lot of people would play Doctor Boom <laughs> because there's no good seven drop. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Boom is just still good. I mean, yeah, but before I think you wouldn't play it. I mean, think about yeah, Doctor Boom. You probably play um, Bone Marrow more if you had Doctor Boom in the deck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> point is, the broken cards seem to still be broken <laughs> even today, yeah. which is kind of scary because the the power level is crazy high right now. It's it's insane. All right. Well, why don't we wrap up? It's uh, been a fun show. Uh, definitely covering the Paladin and just a bunch of other stuff. Of course, <laughs> we always end up bringing more than planned you know in the show notes which is always a lot of fun but uh dan that zandali thanks for uh stopping by and this is your first time on the show so i hope you had a good time man that was fun thanks for having me guys yeah keep up the good work on the uh the subreddit and 
Should come run Oracle for us one of these days, man. That'd be, that'd be, I'd be, love <laughs> to have you talk. One of these days, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk just about come it. up with another deck, and then we, that'd be amazing. We have a <laughs> hey, man, it's like a once in a lifetime thing, man. I don't <laughs> think I'm ever going to be able to do this again. All right, man. <laughs> I'm t- next, next, um, I'm coming up with that Murabi free shaman, dude. You better watch out for that spicy meat. <laughs> Murabi, that's like, yeah. It's the, that, that's going to have a great name, too. That's going to be amazing. Uh, Ant. Yeah, thanks for uh, hanging out. You got any? Actually, Dan, you have any shout outs you want to do before you take off? Or, uh, yeah, sorry, my dog was uh, playing with my foot. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to the competitive Hearthstone Reddit community. We're uh, pretty, uh, well, people call us strict, but really, we're not. Just read the rules. It's really not that bad. Just don't shit post. Um, oh, <laughs> we're a lot of code crap. Cut, cut the video. I didn't say no, that. No, no, no. I mean, I'm <laughs> saying that's that's called strict when you can't shit post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, we, we got a lot of resources for getting better if you actually want to learn the game. You know, there's really, like, there's a lot more depth to the game of Hearthstone than it appears on the surface, and uh, we're out here trying to teach people this and get them to play better so that I can have better competition. I mean, I don't like playing against noobs. I don't know about you guys, but... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> get better, come check out our subreddit. Uh, no. And, um, yeah, um... Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, definitely check out the competitive HS uh, subreddit if you haven't haven't checked it out. It's always a great place for guides and you know just cool new decks that are performing super well. Uh, Ant, how about you, man? Any shout outs? Um, uh, anything? I guess uh, follow me on Twitter and Twitch. It's like right somewhere yeah, right there, right, right there. there. That's right. Ant underscore HS. Um, shout out to my mom. I don't know. And she's not watching or anything. I love the mom. He's awesome. <laughs> Dude, I respect that, man. <laughs> well, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yeah, anytime, man. We always love having you on. Gara, how about you, man? Also, shout out to Anne's mom. <laughs> she, was, she was so awesome. In the, in the, in the, um, did you watch the ACT intro, play introduction video? Anne's mom was in the video. It was so cool. <laughs> oh, have you not seen it? Like yeah. that was like the best part. I know. I remember the. I don't remember your mom in it. Okay, maybe she was so nice. Later? Okay, like maybe I just forgetting it. Yeah. Oh, 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 he talked about her. Like she, she was so worried about him and everything. Anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Shout out to the viewers. It's always awesome. Like to the listeners, and uh, I, I know that a lot of people enjoy the show, and that makes me happy. Like all the nice comments, and yeah. Thanks for having me. It's always nice to talk to all these great players and community members. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. And I would just thank the three of you guys for doing the show today and everybody for tuning in. I guess the one shout out I'll do is that, um, of course, I have to plug, you know, something. But um, I'm not sure if everybody knows about the about the uh, HTT, the, the Hearthstone Deck Tracker Twitch extension. If you're a streamer out there and, you know, you're looking for a Twitch extension to use that will help you, you know, kind of show your deck list have your your viewers have the deck codes available to them and on top of that you want your stream to be listed you know under any decks that, you know that you might be playing that's listed on hs replay then go try out the HTTP switch extension right now like it's it's really easy i don't know i think the twitch extension thing is something that a lot of the community still hasn't really um you know looked into much 
you know, um, but they're doing some cool things with that. And we're definitely adding a bunch of things to our Twitch extension. So um, definitely take a look at that if you can get a chance. Otherwise, uh, you can find the VODs for this uh, show on youtube.com slash V as well as youtube.com slash replay too. We're kind of putting in both places for now uh, while, you know, we eventually will transition some. And um, go and support the show at patreon.com slash valuetown. And um, if you have any you know questions, Q&A, or any Mechatorix workshop submissions, go ahead and email those to valuetown at chainmanv.tv. But that's going to be it for all the plugs this week. <laughs> so for Zandali, Ant, Gara, and myself, Chainmanv, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>